Hello and welcome. On behalf of CME uh, Outfitters, I would like to welcome all of you and thank you for joining us for the second uh, in a series of uh, three snacks titled Why the Spread of Dengue Matters and Current Unmet Needs for uh, Dengue Prevention. Uh, this CMEO snack series is supported by an independent medical education grant from Takeda uh, Pharmaceuticals uh, uh, in US. My name is Marco Aurelio Safadi. I'm an associate professor and currently I'm the head of the Department of Pediatrics at Santa Casa de São Paulo School of Medical Sciences in Brazil. And I have the pleasure to be joined today by my distinguished colleague, uh, Dr. Inês Esquilin Rivera. Uh, Dr. Rivera, could you please uh, introduce yourself? Hi, Dr. Safadi. Uh, my name is Ines Esquilin. I'm a professor at the Department of Pediatrics of the University of Puerto Rico School of Medicine. Uh, and I, I'm also the director of the Pediatric Infectious Diseases Division at the school. Okay, thank you, Ines. To frame the discussion today, uh, let me review uh, our learning objective. Our goal today is that after uh, this CME is next, you will be able to evaluate the importance of dengue vaccination, factoring current unmet needs associated uh, with the uh, vaccination. In our last program, we talked a little bit about what dengue is and its presence uh, in the US. Uh, Dr. Inés, could you do a very brief review uh, of the situation uh, of dengue in US currently? Yes, um, dengue infection is endemic in Puerto Rico uh, and the Caribbean and other parts of the world, but not in the US. But there is lock, there have been local transmission of the virus in the states of Hawaii, Florida, Texas, and Arizona. So there is travel-associated disease and local transmission in certain parts of the U.S. too. By 2080, it is projected that the areas at risk of dengue in the U.S. will cover most of the southeast parts of the U.S. Okay, excellent. Uh, well, knowing uh, what is the current situation of dengue in U.S., let me know which are the current tools in terms of vaccination that you do have uh, in U.S. Uh, to prevent dengue. Yes, there is a vaccine uh, which is Dengvaxia, CYD, TDB, that was approved by the FDA in 2019 and recommended by the ACIP in 2021. But there are some limitations with the use of the vaccine that we can discuss in detail. And it has been uh, probably related to the age indication, the requirement of a documentation of a previous dengue infection for those that will receive the vaccine and the access to the vaccine. Okay, thank you for, for this summary. So let's go into more details in some of the uh, let's say challenges we currently have uh, in US 
with the current uh, vaccine options. Could you expand a little bit uh, on this uh, challenge that you see uh, for dengue prevention with the current vaccine that is available in the U.S. in this? Yes, this, this vaccine was approved for individuals uh, from nine years through 16 years of age. And they, there, is, there are age-related concerns, specifically because 50% of the dengue cases in Puerto Rico are, are documented to be in people greater than 20 years of age. These are the, the cases that are report, reported to the health department. We think that there is much more dengue in the little ones, in children, especially in infants, because they could present with a non-specific febrile illness. But for those that get tested for dengue, it's mostly in those more than 20 years of age. And then the major number of deaths associated to dengue is in those greater than 20 years too. And we know uh, that um, dengue can cause severe disease. So one of the major concerns is the question if all people at risk should or should be protected by a vaccine. Then uh, apart from the age, uh, the in the other indicates indication related concerns because it is approved only for people in endemic region and that applies for Puerto Rico to Puerto Rico but not for for people that travel to Puerto Rico and to other areas uh, that are endemic uh, for travelers there is no vaccine at present uh, approved by the FDA okay no uh, definitely having a, a major burden of disease outside uh, the age groups where the vaccine is currently licensed in US is definitely uh, uh, an, an important limitation. But we have other points that we should also discuss in ACE. And one important point is the, the need uh, of having a previous laboratory confirmed infection uh, before uh, vaccinating a patient uh, with CID, uh, TDV. Could you comment on this, on the need of having those uh, uh, patients with a confirmed previous uh, uh, infection with dengue before uh, considering the vaccine? Yes, it is very important that uh, if a person is gonna receive the dengue vaccine, there is laboratory confirmed evidence of previous dengue infection. And this recommendation comes from the clinical study data that showed that uh, participants of the clinical trials and people that received the vaccine without prior evidence of infection had a higher risk of severe disease. So in order for individuals to get the vaccine, they should have evidence of a PCR test positive for dengue or an NS1 antigen test result. If those are not available, they should get tested and they should have two different IgG tests done. The NS1 type one to four ELISA IgG and a rapid test. And then only children with 
positive IgG to both tests are considered eligible for vaccination with the CYB vaccine. If you consider uh, other tests in order to document prior infection, the immunoglobulin, uh, the IgM test is not sufficient proof of dengue virus infection because there, there can be cross-reactivity with other circulating viruses like the Zika virus, which was very prevalent in Puerto Rico and other countries from 2016, and most of the population was exposed to Zika. Okay, excellent. Uh, definitely no doubt that having the need uh, of accessing uh, the uh, status uh, of in previous infection in, in those patients with lab tests clearly is a limitation to really uh, use the vaccine. But uh, could you expand a little bit on why this information is really needed? What is behind the risk of administering this CIDTDV to a person that is naive to dengue? Uh, sure. Uh, as we all know, dengue is caused by uh, four serotypes of the dengue virus. So people can get infected with dengue up to four times in their lifetime. The risk of severe dengue and hospitalization is highest uh, after the, the, the second exposure. So patients may have dengue, but if they get infection by a second serotype, the risk of severe disease uh, is, is higher. So it's very important to make sure that uh, if the patient has documentation of a prior dengue infection. And why this occurs? Well, it has been postulated that if you get uh, exposed to, to dengue and infected with the virus, you can develop antibodies, or maybe these antibodies are not able to neutralize completely the second virus when you get that second infection. And, and that lack of complete neutralization of the infection will make viral replication uh, higher and probably the patient will become more symptomatic and have a more severe disease. No, oh, this is very intriguing. Uh, it's very really? uh, unique, <laughs> this situation. I, I think dengue is the only disease where theoretically the high risk of having a severe presentation of diseases associated with the secondary infection and these non-neutralizing antibodies against the uh, heterotypic uh, uh, serotype appears to be the most uh, probable uh, justification to see those uh, theoretically severe presentations uh, during secondary infection. And it's also intriguing, Ines, that the tertiary and quaternary infections they are usually not associated with the same risk to have severe presentation as the secondary infection. So the secondary infection is really the one uh, that is associated with the high, uh, with higher uh, risk of having uh, those uh, severe presentations. But let me move now to another topic, Inez. Uh, we talked a little bit about prevention uh, with vaccine, uh, uh, prevention of dengue with vaccine. But what about 
vector control. Do you have uh, some comments on uh, which are the initiatives that we currently have uh, to prevent uh, dengue uh, using vector control? Yeah, vector control is very important. And in, in places like Puerto Rico, where, where we have uh, sometimes the four serotypes circulating or, or three of them mostly, uh, this, the campaigns to control the vector are very important. Uh, insecticides, larvicides are also used, but those are not as effective uh, having a good uh, source control of the mosquito. Uh, and it's very, very important. People have to get aware of the importance of, of looking in their backyards and, and trying to control the, the mosquitoes in the community. The other uh, methods that we always emphasize to our patients are the, the repellents. We, we use peat repellents, picaridine repellents, uh, oil of lemon and eucalyptus uh, repellents. And those are effective, but just for a short time, they depend on reapplication of the repellent, like every two or three hours in order for, for those to be affected. Uh, there are some that can be applied to the clothing, and those are good too. But again, we have to, to keep applying. Uh, the repellent. We emphasize also the importance of mosquito nets. They're not used as, as we used to do in the past. They, those will create a barrier be, between the mosquitoes and the patients and decrease the risk of transmission. Uh, those are important too, but not used as, as before. So in general, that's why uh, the development of the vaccines is so important because the all other uh, methods that have been tried have not been as effective as we, uh, we will have wanted in controlling the mosquito and the transmission. Yeah, you are perfectly right. We have really failed to uh, really control uh, the vector, the Aedes uh, mosquitoes. But I must say that uh, these new methods that are being tested in several regions, and actually in Brazil, we are testing some of these methods like the Volbachia and uh, the genetic uh, modification, mosquitoes, etc., appears to be very promising. I'm really looking forward to see the results in the long term of these initiatives because I think that they may play an important role uh, to really control the vector and to decrease the, uh, the burden associated uh, with dengue. But Inés, let's finish uh, our uh, uh, program today with some real-world discussion regarding topics related to unmet needs uh, in, in, the, in the prevention of dengue. And the first one that I think it's an important uh, point to be discussed and how is it going in, in your place, in your region, in your country, uh, the administration of the currently vaccine? Do you see a good coverage? Are persons really uh, having the possibility of uh, uh, administering the vaccine in your region, in your country? Uh, what can you tell us about this? Well, the, the Puerto Rico Health Department uh, is making a great effort 
in trying to make the vaccine available to to children and adolescents with the 9 to 16 year old indication of the of the FDA approved vaccine uh, it was uh, endorsed by the CIP in 2021 uh, it was approved by vaccines for the Vaccines for Children program, which makes it available to, to most of the population in the area. But there are some challenges in the process of getting the, these uh, children vaccinated. It's the logistics of the administration of the vaccine that we have to work on because this is, this is not a once stop service offer. The patient has come to the pediatrician, needs to get the order for the lab test, has to go to the lab and get the blood drawn, and the results have to be available to the pediatrician to order the vaccine. And this is a three-dose vaccine series. So, so uh, we have some children already uh, that have been going through the process but it has been uh, a little bit uh, difficult. Actually, the, the complexity, the, the logistics are, is what is uh, making it go slowly and not as, as fast as we would like. Yeah, uh, just to let you know, uh, in Brazil, we have the vaccine also licensed, and it's licensed in a wider age group. Here in Brazil, the vaccine is licensed from six to 45 years of age. But despite this fact, uh, the vaccine was uh, really very, very, it's been used very limited, very limited use currently. It's only in the private sector. It's not included as a recommended vaccine in the national immunization program. So persons uh, only have the vaccine in private clinics. And uh, definitely uh, the deployment has been very limited in, in our population. And, and obviously uh, the need of uh, testing those uh, subjects before administering the vaccine is, is a clear limitation. But I'm also curious to know from you uh, in, in, in your region uh, uh, and also in, 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 in the places where the vaccine is licensed in the US, uh, what is the perception of the parents, of the families of the vaccine? How do they see uh, the role of the vaccine? Uh, I mean, the the parents' uh, perspective. Well, when you talk to the parents about the vaccine, there is a lack of knowledge about this vaccine and how important uh, it is to get their kids vaccinated. People know about dengue. People have friends, family members that have been in the hospital or even died of dengue. So, so they are very aware of what dengue is and what it can cause. But in terms of education about the vaccine, we have been uh, lacking campaigns to educate the community, especially the parents about the vaccine. And then we had the COVID pandemic and you know, all the misconceptions with the COVID vaccine. And I think that probably this has made it more difficult to have an open discussion with the parents about the new vaccine and how important it is. 
Okay, and, and last two points that I would like to hear from you. The first one is regarding physicians uh, in US in general. Are they familiar uh, with, with the vaccine? Are they really uh, willing to administer the vaccine to, to, to individuals in their respective areas? In terms of the physicians, when, when I, we look at their knowledge about the vaccine, and this was done prior to the, to the ACP, ACIP endorsement of the vaccine in 2021, we found there, there was a lack of knowledge about this vaccine. Even when it was approved at the FDA in, 19, in 2019, uh, pedi pediatricians were not aware of the vaccine, were, were not uh, aware that it was available for, um, and was recommended. So, so we have to work a lot in getting them oriented and and educated about the benefits of the vaccine. Okay, perfect. And, and the last point I think very challenging is the travelers issue. So when you have a person that has a plan to uh, visit an endemic area and wants to be protected before going. So this is currently a limitation because we, we do not have the possibility of really addressing the vaccine in a, in, a, uh, uh, in a deployed way for those persons. So could you comment a bit on the limitations also to have this vaccine as a, a vaccine to protect travelers that intend to visit endemic areas? Yeah, well, the travelers will be at risk. You, you can assume that if we are able to establish a good vaccine uh, program and at least the adolescents get the vaccines, which is the indication, uh, there will be less dengue virus circulating in the community and the risk for the travelers will be less. But uh, so far, they are at risk. They are uh, at least three of the four stereotypes are circulating in Puerto Rico right now. So, and then we'll bring uh, the virus to their communities where the vectors are uh, circulating. And, and that's why there is local transmission in states like Florida, Arizona, Texas, uh, because they are, these travelers are susceptible and the virus is circulating. So they will, they will bring the, the infection to their communities. I think that the travelers are, are an important group that should be considered for vaccination in the future. Yeah, uh, currently the only option that we have for travelers is really to uh, address important points regarding how to be protected against the vector when they are traveling to high risk areas. And, and we hope to have uh, vaccine options that could be used uh, for uh, those individuals uh, in the future. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Esquilin Rivera for this uh, wonderful program. Uh, I hope our audience has learned a lot about a topic that they be not familiar uh, with in the US. Let's go over our smart goals that we hope our audience 
has accomplished from participating in this program. The first point is to characterize unmet needs related to dengue vaccination in the United States, specifically related to indication, to aid groups where the vaccine may be used, uh, testing requirements, and also access barriers. The second point is to utilize scientific uh, knowledge uh, related to dengue vaccination and also the ADE issue, the antibody-dependent enhancement when determining patient eligibility for the available dengue vaccines. And last but not least, apply real-world uh, data in terms of perspectives and knowledge of dengue vaccination uh, to share decision-making conversations with the eligible uh, candidates for the available uh, dengue vaccines. Well, uh, this uh, CMEO snack is one of a three-part series. We hope that you will take advantage of all of the short and focused activities in the series. For a number of resources, visit the CMEO Infectious Disease Hub and the Virtual uh, Education Hub. And to receive the CME CE credit for today's uh, program, uh, please uh, complete the post-test and the evaluation, and you will be able uh, to download and print your certificate immediately uh, upon completion. Thank you again, uh, Dr. Uh, Esquilin uh, Rivera, for joining me today, and thank you all uh, to our audience for participating and providing the best care uh, for uh, your patients. Thank you so much.